No, you're not. That is such a. Fa- not, no, no one of us has seen Star Wars. No one of us. No, but it's like, it's still a cool intro music. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's good. I think we should have. Good, I, I I was playing around with the the sound program, and and I I don't know how to work it. Yeah. So I can't cut in music or effects or anything. So we have to make our own. Effects. By just playing it on your computer. On YouTube. Yeah, yeah and then hitting pause. Okay. <laughs> okay, so it's the first episode of the second worst podcast ever. Uh-huh. Which is because someone had already taken the name of the worst podcast ever. Which was initially what we were going to call this yeah. podcast. Yes. So we're making it the second worst podcast ever. Yeah. Yay! Because we probably won't make any more of these this is the last episode of uh, the first and last episode of the second worst podcast ever yeah because nobody will listen to this probably not no um and but i i why why do you want to do this uh because i like talking and i like listening to myself talk that's the most honest i can get and also because i want to change the world somehow yeah. By talking. By talking. Yeah. So I think we'll you would that. change my world by not talking. I know. That would make me so happy. This is, by the way, uh, that's Sophie Hagen, and I'm Evelyn Mock, and we are comedians, and we live together in a house, and Sophie finds me very, very annoying, <laughs> because we've lived together for eight w- months. Yeah. I would not be doing this podcast with you if we did not live together. Yeah. It's more convenient, and I don't have to go out, I don't have to wear shoes, I don't have to shower. I'm very aware of it. I can just go across the hall and talk. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just I came home last night after a gig and really wanted to do a podcast. Yes, and we did one. And we did a, an hour and 15 minutes of us talking about men <laughs> while lying in your bed under a duvet. Mm. And turned out it wasn't really <laughs> that interesting for anyone other than ourselves. Not even ourselves. You listened to the whole thing. I didn't even listen. No, I listened to half of it. And oh. I thought, I don't even, if I don't even want to listen to to this, no one will. And I kind of, I just, I, I like, I like creating something. Yeah. And I like the thought of, because we do a lot of these gigs where we have five minutes and there's so much I want to talk about, so much I want to say and so many things that are happening and I have so many friends back at home in Denmark and... I want to tell them a lot of stuff, and then there are people here that I know wants to hear about things that are happening in Denmark, and mm. I think that's just that's a if that's a good basis for. It's a good way of documenting what is happening or what we're doing in England. Yeah, because it's basically the same thing with me that uh, a lot of my uh, friends in Sweden. It it's it. This is a good way for them to listen to or kind of get uh, share the experience of what I'm doing. Yeah, but, in, I, but in yeah, England. but yeah, and still, but like, still, kind of in my head, I'm going. Why would anyone like we could just yeah, we could just <laughs> we, we could just spend, email. We could spend this hour just writing people, <laughs> call, giving them a good call on Skype or something, and letting them in. <laughs> and I, that's my problem with podcasts is that I don't, I I'm, I, it feels so egocentrical if that's yeah. a word it feels so selfish and so like why would why, why did why would anyone want to listen to us talk for for an hour um 
But then again, if it's people I like, mm. I love listening to their podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I, I love it. But but if it's people I don't like, I also love it. I love listening to people being deluded or annoying, so I can walk around buying groceries or sit on the bus and just be angry. So, and that, that was what convinced me at the end to do this, because, well, if people like me, they'll like listening to this, and if they don't like me, they'll like listening to this. If people are as, as bad people as, as I am, and take, take joy in, in um, hating other people. Most of the world is, I think. Like me? Yeah. That would be nice. At least Danes. <laughs> I don't think you should put that on Danish people. But because we did the horrible podcast yesterday, yeah. which will never, well, will probably never be released, Yeah. Um, we now actually have a plan for the format of this thing. And mm-hmm. that can change. But uh, we are going to go... We have a, a, a topic for each podcast. And this podcast is like a beginning, like an intro thing where we are going to talk about the fact that we are Scandinavians having moved to London to do comedy. Because that's uh, that seems to be the the main thing. And that's the thing we have in common. Mm. Um, so we're actually already in the first episode ever and the last, <laughs> introducing a few, uh, like, titles, or what you can say, like, chapters. Chapters of what segments. we're going to talk about. I But I also, you just said a horrible podcast. That could also be an alternative name to just this. Just a horrible podcast. Yeah. yeah. A horrible podcast. Yeah. It's pretty catchy. A horrible. It's more catchy than the, the second the worst, worst podcast, podcast in the world ever. Yeah. But the name is irrelevant, because... We're only going to do this episode. Yeah, it's true. So what have you... The first segment is house issues. Because we live together. We live together with uh, with us two and Dave Millett, a Canadian comic, and Peter White, another Canadian comic. And uh, as things are, sometimes issues arise when you live together with comedians. Not only mental issues, but also practical ones. And you and Dave yeah, I, are kind of. I'm thinking, yeah, the, I think I'm, I'm really bad at conflict and I'm really bad at saying to people what's going on. So I, 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 I just. I think this is how I would solve issues would be to make my own podcast and hope that one day he'll get drunk and listen to this. Um, Instead of just confronting him directly. Yeah, because yeah, cause, cause right now it's a bit. We've lived together since October. And for some reason, a few weeks ago, Dave just started being... Uh, it feels like he's resenting me. Like It feels like he's really hating me right now. And I have I, I don't really know why. It changed when you and Peter were both in Canada and Sweden. Mm. And... You were alone here. Yeah, with Dave for a few days. And I don't know. Since then, it's just been weird. But I'm still doing the same amount of dishes. I'm still as messy as I've always been. I'm. I'm. I'm I, don't, I don't do anything differently. And he just seems. He slow clapped. <laughs> I came home and I told you something really vulnerable, and he started slow clapping, re- like really s- slowly and really sarcastically. That's I amazing. Thought, yeah. I, yeah. I thought that's. It's not in my head anymore. He is really resenting you. Yeah. If you if you start slow clapping at a person when they're just 
having an ordinary conversation. That is pretty much yeah. him saying. Has he said anything? He's uh, we could actually just ask him to come in here. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, um, he's. I think he because foremost, you and Dave are very, very different people. Um, but we've always been. There has to be something that's new because we've been the same people since we moved in together, and it went great in the beginning. I think it's because we've gotten mice. Um, because because you are a bit messy, like you are a bit chaotic and stuff, but it's not that bad. Um, and but however, Dave is really organized and and really uh, he likes to have it a certain way and have the dishes clean and stuff. But I think it's because he might it might just be that the messiness is getting to him. But I've been really good the last couple, like, because yeah. I started doing my dishes more. Yeah. After he started hating me. And it's it's not enough to hate someone because he can just tell me. He even stopped making comments. Like usually he'd be saying things like, "Oh, it's a bit messy now," but he's just stopped talking altogether. And it's just really, it's just it has to have something. Like yeah, because then we have mice, but it's not. I don't know what to do about that. It's not. It's all of our problem. Hmm. Like it's, it's not that I like having mice. Because. That's the funny part. Dave's been really good to me. Yeah. He's been really, at the same time as he's been uh, resenting you, he's been really friendly towards me. It's like he's punishing me <laughs> by liking you. By liking me. Yeah, because um, everything revolves around you, Sophie. Today I bought I bought three ice creams for him. Yes, you did. Yeah. To sort of... I don't know why, because he kept he kept talking about how he liked the ice creams when I bought them for me, and now I just they were on sale, so I bought them for him. Can I have one? No. Okay. Why would no? Because I want some too. Um, go buy them, <laughs> or hate me for three weeks, and I'll buy them you. for you. I yeah, but I think it's it's something to do with uh, him just. He's the messiness has caught up to him, and also he's been going through some things. Yeah, but he's not. Yeah, but that's also. I thought that as well. But it's he's being nice to you and Peter. Hmm. Then it's I don't something know if about he's been, if he's projecting things onto me or if I'm annoying him in some way. But it's. I mean, it's. It's also. It's. It's. That's why I think that's part of the reason why I haven't confronted him is I don't like if if it's just him. If he just has to feel this right now, and that's okay. It could be, but it's also... I don't think so. I think there actually is something there between you two. Because it happened when me and Peter were both out of the house. Mm. So it was basically just you and him living together. And I always got the impression that you guys always got along. Yeah, we have great friends. Um, however, we have, yeah. I mean, I think... Well, maybe we were talking about it the other day, and I think he... He mentioned something that because you've been a bit low, yeah, you've been a bit down. So I think he, he said something about that as well that it was it felt a bit uh, difficult to be around you because oh. it felt like you, you were so low that it affected his mood. This is about seven minutes into the conversation of I wonder why Dave hates me, and you just. Oh, by the way, Dave actually <laughs> said the reason a few days ago. He said the you reason a few you days were, ago. You thought you, you thought you would bring that up eventually? 
Uh, I did. That's, I did. Thank you. That's, that makes sense. But you have been you have yeah. been a bit low. It makes so much sense. Like I stay yeah. out of his way as well when he's really depressed. when he's low, and you guys have stayed out of mine when I've been low. Peter's the only one who hasn't been low. Well, yeah, he has probably, but it just is. He's pretty much the same, I guess. Yeah, he's he's always low. Yeah. Oh, but well, I that, think that makes a good sense. That's yeah. nice to know that that's it. Because that because that's all. Yeah. Yeah, um, but Peter's better at handling it because he's yeah. he's like a, he's a savior. Like he's he. When when people are down, he takes care of it. He's nice. But I understand that Dave can't do that. Mm. It's not all people who can do that. Mm. Yeah. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe because well, okay, yeah, that's what he told me. Well, thank you for for clearing that. If if I knew how to edit these sound things, I could just edit out all the things when you say, "I have no idea why. I have no idea why. <laughs> I wonder why this is." Oh, by the way, I know the reason. There you go. <laughs> this is what I have to live with. Um, right. So we got. Uh, do you have any house issues? Is there anything bothering you? Uh, well, the mice bother me. And the fact that it does bother me a little bit that Dave puts the trash in the garage because we forget oh. them there, and when it's trash day we forget that. them there. He does, and now and then I remember the last time I discovered that we had trash in the garage. We had like ten bags of trash in Ew, the garage. Really? <laughs> yeah, and we just forget that they're there, so yeah. we forget to take them out when it's trash day. And uh, so that bothers me a bit. Yeah. Uh, but I semi confronted Dave about that yesterday and he was like I'll remember but he won't remember well it's Friday today so we should have had it out yesterday yesterday morning. yeah exactly yeah. Uh, is this interesting yet people it's probably not interesting I don't think so move on yeah oh we have a lot of yeah it's already 15 minutes in we should be, we're gonna be better at this so what's happened this week <laughs> what's the next issue what's happened this week what's well happening? more has happened to you, you than me I'm happy. Because you're happy, and there's nothing you can talk about when you're happy. Well, uh, mm, yeah. You I'm, made I'm it to the happy. final of, of Chortle Student Award. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Thank you. Uh, I made it through with Tim Renkov. Yeah. Which I'm happy He's about. Uh, the, the spastic guy. He, yeah, he has cerebral <laughs> palsy. Yeah. Um, and you can say and you can say that because he's also an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you can. He's yeah. a huge racist. Yeah, him being racist. him being crippled is actually the best part of about him. And he's Jewish. He's Mexican. He's Mexican. I don't Mexican know if he Jew. is Mexican, but he has dark hair. <laughs> <laughs> he grew up in Mexico City, I think. He did. So uh, it's still Spain. America. So he might not even be crippled. Somewhere in the south. He might just be Mexican. <laughs> he might just be Mexican. Wow, this turned yeah. into another type of podcast. <laughs> I have to say something for the Danish people. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so we made it through with Tim. Yeah, he was a great comedian. He's yeah. so funny. And he was I really hope he good wins the whole thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the funniest non-British person ever on on in the final. <laughs> the Charles Stewart Award. Oh dear, Sophie tried to psych me out uh for the for the before the semi-final. What did you do? If you, this is a good advice. We can have advice in this podcast mm -hmm. as well. If you have a roommate who's really gullible <laughs> and really stupid, just take advantage of it. Like have some fun, entertain yourselves. It was so you just believed it's a it's a quite important competition. It is. It's yeah. a it's one of the biggest ones. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's the only one that's judged 
by not, Steve Bennett. Yeah, yeah, but it's also one of the only ones that are judged uh, where it's not audience votes that count. Mm. So it's more professional. Like the, the winner is more so whatever. Um, and you get made it to the final for some weird reason. <laughs> and I'm not happy about that because <laughs> I want to be in it too. Uh, so when you had your semi-final, you were kind of nervous, and I just started. What did I do? I freaked you out. I told you that one of the people in the semi-final that you were up against was like a huge star in Britain already, and he had nineteen thousand followers on Twitter. And, and he I, used to date Josie Long. He used to date Josie Long. What are you up against? Who was it? Ne- Neville Connor, Connor Neville. Is it Connor Neville? Oh, you're up against Connor Neville. He's amazing. He's like the best comedian in the world. He's political. And then I told you that the guy who runs the whole thing, Steve Bennett. Yes. I said, oh, he just he just did this article about how much he just hated Asian acts that talk about politics. <laughs> and I, I wrote you that they'd made a new rule that women weren't allowed to do the competition anymore. Yeah. Uh, and that the, the venue, the venue burned, down, burned down. That I had to go to Wales. And you believe most of it. I believe the Oriental thing and the Connor Neville thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then I said that... Uh, that for, that they'd asked me to be in the semi-final, even though oh, I yes. wasn't, even though I wasn't in the competition. That actually did give me a little stare. Yeah, you really, scare. I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> I said, yeah, they asked me because the 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 semi-final was so weak that they had to have someone in that was really good. So they asked me, and oh, I'm really insults. sorry. And yeah, and you were just like, ah, oh, not even complicit. But you did. You were really insults. nice. I was like, why is she being nice to me? I would have hit you in the face if you. Come and told me that. That's a, I'm not a competitive person. I've never been, uh, which is very strange doing comedy. But I've mm. I'm I'm not a compar- competitive person. I just like being in the presence of, or in the company of people that I find funny and that I like. And I like you, and I think you're funny, <laughs> and I love it when you, when you uh, are mean to me. <laughs> uh, because I find it's hilarious. So I I just, I don't have that competitive streak in me. That's really annoying. Yeah. Because then all of my bullying doesn't... Work. Yeah, it's really annoying. I'm the different, <laughs> I'm the opposite you. of you. Because you are so competitive. Yeah, I'm you quite You are extremely competitive. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing that I'm not. That's probably how we work. Yeah. That's probably why we've it's, yeah, been able to live together yeah. so long. <laughs> Also I, because we have no other choice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have a contract so we have to stay here. We have to stay here till October. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is that I'm looking for a room from October. Yeah. <laughs> a single room. <laughs> um, yeah, so but you're yeah. in the final and mm. congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. Really I happy. can't believe you said congratulations twice. Yeah, I'm really happy for you. Uh, <laughs> I was talking about it with Peter. Uh, with Peter White. We were at uh, a mic the other day and we were talking about dating comedians and how that uh, he said that he probably he would never even try that because they would be so competitive with him (laughs) (laughs) probably shouldn't talk about that but yeah i shouldn't no i I just mean he's well what is he's not living up to that rule well, he, he hasn't oh. always lived up to that rule. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. he's he's had affairs with comedians, but he hasn't he hasn't dated comedians. Uh. But he was he was saying that uh, 
he would never even consider it because they would probably, they would just be so competitive. You would be so competitive with each other. And I said, I would probably not be that um, because I... Are you hitting on Peter? Oh, I'm hitting on you. <laughs> uh, but I would, I would not be that because I, I just, I, I can't, I don't have that in me to be competitive. Mm. I never saw the point of that. Um, and he said, yeah, well, that's probably true. But the person you're dating probably would be competitive with you. Mm. So it wouldn't, because you it's too ego. You, you know? just have to find someone who's not that. I know because yeah. we've, you hear that a lot, especially being a woman. Yeah. The whole don't date comedians, don't do comedians, yeah. don't have anything to do with comedians. Yeah. But I've, it's, it's, it's like in the, it's, it's the same as in the real world. Don't do idiots. Don't date idiots. <laughs> a lot of comedians are idiots. They are idiots. So it's, it's, true. it's just a, a broader. It's like if you say, uh, "Don't date bankers." Like there's a huge risk that. What's a banger? Like someone who works in a bank. Don't you call that a banker? Oh, bankers. Oh, okay. What, yeah. what do you call them? A bank. bank yeah, guy, bankers. Banker. I thought you said bangers. Banger, yeah, like the sausage. <laughs> don't, don't date a banger. Yeah, because uh, there's a there's a huge risk that one of them is that the, that the guy you'll date is an idiot because yeah. a large percentage of them are. But and it's the same with comedians. There's a big chance if you just pick a random one, he's probably an idiot. He is probably an idiot with mommy issues. With yeah, mommy and daddy and. Oof. But there are some really decent guys. There are some and ah. Oh, some amazing guys. I could, I probably, and that's where it gets difficult. Uh -huh. It's in Denmark. It was very. Have you done any Swedish comedians? No. Have you not even made out with any? No. Really? Yeah. British? Well. Oh yeah, I know that. <laughs> well, the thing is, in Sweden, I well, I just kissed one comedian, but it wasn't even a kiss. It was just a peck on the lips. And we oh, if we count that, then. <laughs> It was, and we're just friends, so we ha oh, okay. I haven't done anything. Oh, okay, because in Denmark, you know, there's I don't know how many Swedish comedians are there. If you take every like from the the newbie, the newest of the newest, Oof, and the the whole industry, yeah, five hundred maybe. Five hundred. We were very few. We're such we're, a small community. I think hundred. A hundred? Yeah. Even if you include all the freaks. <laughs> that is only the freaks. No, yeah, if you take from the people who are actively performing, uh, hmm. maybe maybe 150, maybe maybe 150. Ah, okay, so not the hobbyists. Uh, well, what? No, 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 including amateurs, everybody. people yeah. who just started out. And yeah, I would say maybe 500. Maybe? Makes sense. Sweden is huge. Six hundred. But that's a, so. If you if you do anyone in the Danish environment, everybody knows. Well, I've had I've been lucky with a few of them. Yeah. Well, actually, no one knows because people also it's mainly men, so they don't really care. Yeah. Some of them are bitches. Some of them really don't want to talk. And I, I'm a huge like I'm I love gossip and I love it. But yeah, the guys I've been with, it's. I don't really, I don't really want to ruin the the friendship or the relationship with them, so I don't tell people. Yeah. Um, apart from people I'm really close with, this it's I, I hate that I hate having been with because uh, I'm I only apart from a few mm. 
<laughs> occasions I only I'm only with people I I really like and who are both great people and great comedians. Uh, apart from <clears throat> certain uh, case, uh, and it's it's I don't like no like having been with someone who's amazing and then you're not allowed to tell anyone. That's like the, that's the best part of it. Don't you feel a bit like a gag hag? In that because this is what okay, mm. I started with comedy to kiss boys. I started with comedy so that it wouldn't be so evident that I wanted to be with comedians. Really. No, well, part of it was probably, I mean, you get very, it's difficult not to get crushes wait, wait, on don't, comics. I don't think you should knock in your, oh. on your leg because this, I don't know. The recorder is yeah. on my leg. Um, <laughs> Even though you're very eager to talk about exactly. wanting to have sex with comedians. We're actually very, we're sitting in a very sensual pose. You and me. No, really not. This is really not. If this, if this is your idea of sensual... <laughs> <laughs> you haven't slept with enough comedians. <laughs> oh, haven't slept with enough you people. Never. I don't. I wasn't. The sleeping with comedians part was a bonus for me. Yeah. I I fell in love with stand up. Oh, and I hate people who say yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Me too. The you uh, fall in love with the jokes, or you I fall slept in love with, like, with I the... slept with a comedian before I started doing stand up, which had nothing, and that, and I didn't know him as a comic. Uh, I didn't. I knew he was a comic, but I hadn't really seen him perform. Uh, so that wasn't it. I I slept with him because I really liked him. Uh, and then the second comedian I slept with, I slept with because I really liked the first comedian and I wanted to get over him. Uh, <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> Best week of my life. Uh, <laughs> it's horrible. And um, yeah, and then the the third comedian, I was just too drunk. I shouldn't have done that. Um, how many have you been with? Uh, only in Denmark? Let's just only take... Just comedians? I yeah. I slept with... Ooh, yeah, four comedians in Denmark. Four comedians. Well, I wouldn't call one of them a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> really. But yeah, four comedians. Yeah. Um, over the course of three years. It's not that bad. No, it's not. I don't know if it is probably, but it, it's I, the same as in, in every other. I'm telling myself this. It's it's. It, I hope it's the same as in every other workplace. Yeah, of course it is. I mean, um, it it's even more difficult in comedy because you have to be in it a few years until you actually realize, or you have to be a really healthy person. <laughs> but you have to until you realize that it's just the stage because there's yeah. something that happens with a person when they're on stage and they make someone laugh and you really appreciate what they're doing on stage, mm. it's difficult not to get a crush on them or I, to yeah, appreciate them. I've always, I, I, I used to go to, uh, in my class, in, in uh, what do you call it, high school? Gymnasium? When you were yeah. 16 high school. and 19. Yeah. Um, I would be in a music class where they were all playing instruments. Yeah. Uh, and I would fall in love with these guys when they were on stage as soon as they got off so as soon as they turned off the the guitars i would I, the crush would stop and it's kind of the same in comedy you see them on stage and especially if it's someone i have been with and i see them kill that's better than i i can imagine that would be the same feeling if if a guy slept with a supermodel or a porn star and then saw a porn where they were really hot like saw a picture of them being supermodelly uh, or saw a, a video of themselves having sex with a supermodel or something like that. Because when you if, when you see a comedian you've slept with, kill, that's 
that's better than the actual sex. That's better than anything. And that's such a narrow, like how many people in the world actually know that feeling. <laughs> but I've, I, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a gag hag or a chuckle fucker or a style fucker or a, <laughs> or what other words are there? Uh, it's a comedian, stalker. Cause groupie. <laughs> groupie. And that, because um, I respect the, because I've, because a lot of them have been people who, at the time we were together, meant more to me than, because mm. I've known the people. Um, and I think it's the worst word to use. And, uh, like, it's if someone, uh, like, seriously meant it, called me a chuckle fucker. Oh, I would hate that. Because they're, then they're chuckle fuckers too. And I know that none of them slept with me because I was a comedian. None of them. Absolutely none of them. <laughs> that's the, this, that's, okay, that's the thing. They sleep with me despite the fact that I do comedy. Mm. I sleep with them. Because no. they do comedy. No, 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 no. no. That's the, no. I sleep with them and they do comedy. Because yeah. It's not relatable. Um, it's uh, it's it's very um, sort of like a what's it called stage pussy, when when a woman sees a guy on stage and that's what gets her attracted to him, mm. uh, the status that he has on stage and mm. the and the kind of command that he has yeah. on stage. Um, it's and if you are to sleep with a comedian, you have to think they're funny. I I wouldn't be yeah. able to sleep with someone who I just don't no. find funny. No, because you have to respect them and think they're funny. But if they, that's only if they are comedians. If they're not comedians, it's okay that they they're not funny. Yes, yes, because then they're just yeah, they're just regular normal. They're people. just pretty. <laughs> <laughs> but there there's something different because you feel like you share. I think that's. Did you feel this way when you started with comedy that you just felt like you were home? Yeah. with people yeah you you shared the same yeah. view of the world in a way this is starting uh, was, to sound like a sect but it was okay it was okay i i was friends with i had i was friends with with four girls before i started comedy and i was not happy I remember oh you had was, like a crew yeah like, <laughs> yeah like the real sex in the city <laughs> pussy uh, <laughs> four girls we, we were we were very different and I would always feel wrong. Everything was about, oh, you, you. If if I talked about how I, I had spoken to a guy and I'd fucked it up, they would be, you know, cringing and be like, oh, that's so embarrassing, and that, oh, how could you do that? And I'd feel so wrong. And all of a sudden, I met this, these comedians, these guys, who, could see another angle of everything who all had an individual perspective of what you did, where it was okay, it was actually celebrated to be a bit of a, an ass about things. And it, it sounds so... It sounds so codependent to say, oh, I just really like being in the presence of comedians. But I, did, I felt so good. But my main thing has always been the stand-up. Mm-hmm. That was my when I've discovered that stand-up was what stand-up was and that you could write it and you could read books about it and there was techniques and there were things to learn. That was what caught me That was the same thing with me. I was also, I remember from like a young age that I always tried to, because basically I had also the 
three friends that I hung with and they were pretty. They were very, mm. very pretty. And I just became, I never really felt pretty. So I became the person who tried to make my friends laugh. Mm. And that would be the way, way I would get validation. And the way to do that was to kind of embarrass myself. If you know me, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm almost a bit slapstick. Unintentionally slapstick. Yeah. Um, but that became the way for me to to make people laugh. And also when I... I didn't really have anything to talk about with them. Not anything seriously. Uh, because they were moving on with with uh, pursuing a regular thing. And I, I just wanted to... I wanted to do the comedy thing because I'd seen SNL and I'd seen Dimitri Martin. And when I understood that also, Oh wow, you can write jokes. You can actually plan how to make people laugh mm. and you can do it regularly. Um, and then when I started, like when I tried stand up, I just wanted to see if I could make other people laugh because I figured out the code to making my friends laugh. Mm. You figured that out very fast. But then I wanted to see if I could figure out how to make strangers laugh. And that became the challenge for me. To make people that I didn't know laugh. To mm. make me or my, my humor accessible for people who I didn't know. Um, yeah, and that's the exciting part about this, I think. And also yeah. when, you meet, when you meet other people who are doing the same thing. Who understand what you're talking about. Um, and you talk about it with the same kind of passion. Yeah. And, that, and and I I like getting that in this this is that this shouldn't be a whole podcast about seeing with the comedians but I I I love that aspect and I love talking about it because I've met a lot of female comics going that who either refuse that they've done it where they clearly have <laughs> or who you know either live just to do it it's a thing I, it's everyone's it's on every comedian's mind even people who don't do comedy they ask oh so see <laughs> with the comedians and the the two the two best experiences I've had, the three best uh, experiences I've had with seeing comedians. The first guy was where we, when we did it, we were laughing all the way through. It was 50-50 jokes, 50-50 having sex. And it was the, it was hilarious. It was the funniest. It was better than, it was like watching good stand-up while having sex. It was the best two things in the world. The second was horrible sex. Great guy, great comedian, genius. And the sex was absolutely dreadful and horrible. And afterwards, I was, we were sitting on the bedside. Is it called that, the bedside? Yeah. Uh, we were just kind of talking, trying to make the conversation that you do where, because you, you can't leave right away, but I really wanted to leave and he wanted me to leave. And we just had to, you know, small talk. And we, we were talking, um, he was mainly just saying things and then he said something and you could see there was a light in his eyes and it just clicked and he stood up and almost like a robot just walked to the he was like transfixed on his computer he walked over started writing and he was just writing and writing and writing and i was just observing him write and he was naked i was naked it was horrible and i was looking at him write and i thought i'm actually watching this genius comedian yeah work I'm this and like the comedy nerd in me, like the comedy geek, was just like oh, I'm watching this. This could be a, like a joke that I was there this. when it was born. Yeah, yeah, it was 
and I was and I was just hoping he would he would he would forget that I was there so I could yeah. just keep looking at him work and see his brain f- do this thing that he does best. That was the best thing. Uh, the third best thing was when I sat with a comedian who at some point during the night we were just talking. He said, "You made me you made me laugh so hard that I got an erection," which which I wish I could put on a poster because <laughs> that's one of the best compliments i've ever got that's the best thing and that's also because we are comedy yeah. nerds like comedy goes above everything and and that's why sex with comedians is great because it's a mixture of the two best things in the entire world which is comedy and sex and if you could add food to that <laughs> to that equation if you could eat and fuck a comedian at the same time, that would I would not want to do anything else. Well, sex with comedians. <laughs> you see, when I had sex once, I just kept the- making jokes throughout, and it just put the guy off. Well, it just let like- me ask you this: Was he a comedian? Yeah, but was he though? Was he a real professional? Not professional, no. Was he an amateur open mic? Okay, I'm. I know the answer. I'm just. I just want you to admit that he's gonna be a comedian. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But then he's he's also gonna have to learn to sleep with female comics who do jokes. <laughs> no, but it's a di- it's different. I I don't I've uh of the comedians I've been with. It was yeah. I could only do jokes with some of them. Yeah. The others that would just have been weird. Ah okay. Yeah. Well. Okay. Okay. Because I thought I was amazing. <laughs> probably would. Well, no I wasn't I was horrible I just it was just like putting it was it was pretty bad I just well, I couldn't stop talking I just couldn't stop talking well that's that's but so, it's so, that's, that's you in general isn't it yeah it is you need to find someone who, who loves the sound of your voice as much as I do it's gonna but, be difficult but what I was gonna say is that comedy comes before everything yeah it's just so it's wonderful and that's why i think a lot of comedians especially when we're on our way to breaking or on Mm. our way doing the uh, work before you become something a name Mm. that we can't be in a relationship in a way Mm, it's difficult it's very difficult because Mm. you have to prioritize stand-up and comedy before the relationship yeah and I, I mean, and you even want to do that because this is one of those things where you have to treat this as a profession before it becomes one because that's how you make it one. Yeah, but you can. It's about I don't I don't know. It's it's, it's I don't know. I would. I I a lot of I hear a lot of people say that you should date someone who isn't a comedian so you yeah. get that outside world in your life and also but someone just who imagine it would be like marrying comedy imagine if you married your favorite comedian yeah. you would just have comedy gold but you, you do you would lose touch of the outside world but I don't like the outside world I don't like I it I don't either. really like the but that's also arrogant listen, that was listen, very, we, we've very now sexy. again spoken for 40 minutes about men and sex but, but I, we this made is it interesting. comedy we made it comedy, comedy related. related and this is interesting <laughs> we actually had points we needed to go for yeah but you know what I think this is what the podcast should be when we get into yeah. a float because I think listeners this was interesting right listener, at least if listener, they, <laughs> the listener. listener evelyn this was interesting right 
because this is i felt i felt yeah. a passion when i talked about it and yeah. you felt a passion i saw yeah. I, I, I our conversation became better <laughs> if there's anything that's better than sleeping with comedians it's talking about sleeping, sleeping with, with comedians but it's also object I, I i don't like the objectifying part of it because oh yeah because oh it sounds it almost sounds like Uh, it sounds so. It sounds like they're mine. Like, well, they're gonna get sad if they listen to this, and I don't talk about them as individuals. <laughs> about their penises. Uh, well, that's it's, yeah. I, they should have known before they. Oh, I like I love I love exactly. I love Doing comedy, I'm, you have to. That's you bear everything. No holds bars. So, but that okay. So the difference between. That's what I wanted to say about the amount of comedians. So in Denmark, if you sleep with someone, mm. it's you know you you will work with them someday. Yeah, if if they're good, and of course you would only sleep with the good ones. <laughs> and uh, where in England there are several layers. In Denmark, yes. there's um, there's people doing comedy, and then there's comedians, and that's it. Yeah. In London, we there are open mic comedians and there are open spot comedians and there are comedians comedians and there are famous comedians there's like four mm. layers at least four layers of comedians so many, and then there's yeah. outside of London comedians like yes. northern comedians oh. Welsh comedians Irish comedians so I think in London you could <laughs> it's about what layer you yeah, sleep yeah. with people in yeah uh And for people, if anyone's listening from from Denmark and Sweden, there's the open mic people who do the open mics, which is about an open mic is a place with 19 comedians, no audience, and you just go up and do sort of four and a half minute about raping and killing your mother, puns, a lot of puns, wordplay, also puns, yes, and it's 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 a it's where comedy goes to die, yes, more or less, yes, and there are of course there are a few people who actually have because that's where you start out, so yes. there are people who, but they're not in contact with like with real comedy layers. and real comedians. Yeah. The next layer is where we are at right now. It's the open spot comedians, layer. Yeah. That's people who do 10 minutes at real clubs with real comedians. Uh, going At some point we're going to... Uh, progress. Progress and do, and do real... Yeah. Be, be real comedians at some point. Then there's the real comedians, who are like, like the club comedians, the comedians who do London's clubs and glee clubs and... Uh, the stand and the real actual comedy clubs, 20 minutes paid. Uh, and then there's the, the TV comics. Russell Howard, Michael McIntyre. Yes. All the way down to people like... Joel Darmett. Yeah, Joel Darmett, people who've done Russell Howard's Good News Show. Mm. So there's like several layers. And we're in the open spot layer, which is, I would say, if you had to get technical about it, and of course you have to get technical about this, <laughs> we shouldn't sleep with anyone in our layer. Exactly, yeah. We could sleep with people in the open mic circuit. yes. Uh, and uh, we should probably be careful with the pro comedians, but then TV comedians, we can just have our fun. We can just have our fun. <laughs> just go, hey, Russell. Hey, Russell Howard. Uh, <laughs> Why don't you look at me with that lazy eye? <laughs> That's horrible. Al Pitcher yeah. actually knows him. They're like good friends. Yeah? yeah. So you're Shout two, out to you, Al. So you're two steps away from... <laughs> who's the most, who's the most, the most famous uh, comedian you've... Uh, performed with jack whitehall all oh, right yeah I that was him. last week yeah last week yeah he's at the, at the gig i refused to do yeah because he oh that was so bad he asked me to do the gig because i was a woman and i declined did he he said uh i really want 
I really wanted to do my show because I don't want to seem sexist. Did he? Yeah. Oh my god, he didn't do... With me, it was, I really like you. You're so funny. Yeah, because I, I told him, because I told him off. <laughs> no, but I think that's... He, he was actually... He was talking to me because in the embryo state of the night, he was, uh, he was like, yeah, I'm thinking about putting on this night, blah, 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 oh, blah, blah. okay. So, well, mine, I, he just, he was just really emphasizing. Snap. And I said, you know what? No. Uh, <laughs> you can just, why don't you just ask a comedian who's good and a female comedian? And then I saw you posted a picture on Instagram and yeah. I thought, oh, fuck, no, fuck her so much. <laughs> so Jack Whitehall. Because he, because he actually came, he, he liked me and we talked a bit afterwards, but he's, he's so pretty. Mm. Sophie, he is so pretty. That's you know, but that you know that's horrible. Yeah, I'm he's objectifying doing. Him. <laughs> he's probably done. I don't know how long Jake Whitehall's done comedy, but I think he's done for yeah, one of the most famous, like most pro, probably one of the most work hard working. And I'm and reducing you're him to him a pretty, pretty face. You're the worst <laughs> misogynist. What's the opposite? Misandra? Misogynist. Misand? No, the opposite. Well, women are mean to men. Misandry? Misandry? No, the opposite of oh. misogynist. I think it's called mis- misandry. Fem- Oh well, you're an asshole. Misogyny. That's the same thing, though. I know. I but had you seen that coming? Had you seen that coming a year ago that you would be performing? No, no, that's the Jack Whitehall. No, no idea. I would not have anticipated that, and that's what this move to England has done. Mm. It's been amazing. It's been, it's been. You never know what's going to happen. It's, it's been both influencing me in a professional way. Like this is okay. This is how comedy is supposed to be done this is how i'm supposed to treat comedy this is how i'm supposed to be and my attitude towards comedy is supposed to be like this professional because in england i mean in sweden it's basically considered a hobby almost stand-up at least because if you want to live as a comedian you almost have to get on tv and do panel shows and you have to get on the radio or something but stand-up it's really difficult to just uh, live off of stand-up Unless you want to do corporate gigs, with which a lot of comedians don't. Um, so in stand-up, uh, in Sweden, stand-up is pretty much kind of, the attitude is kind of, uh, oh, this is my hobby, mm. in a way. And you don't, it's very few people who are actually very professional about it. Um, but then when you get here to England, it's like, if you've just been on stage once, they call themselves a comedian and they mm. have a website and everything. And it's just a different attitude. It's like, okay, here it's actually professional because here you all, the most important thing is that you show up on time, you keep your time, you make them laugh and you deliver. Like mm. that's, that's how professional you need to be about it. And that's what I've learned. In and every, every show months. is like a showcase. Exactly. Every show there's someone who sees you and, so- Someone I did a I did a show last night which was just I thought it was just a gong show, mm. but I did two shows yesterday. The first was uh, an audition for, for a showcase uh, for a Edinburgh. showcase for Edinburgh. Yeah, it was a huge. Uh, I think it's a huge show. Mm. Uh, failed completely, but that's another <laughs> thing. Um, but that it, it, and it's also for a big club, so I could do I could have if I made it through, I would have done like the club in Leicester, and it's it's a big, like, really professional, almost like a job interview, yeah. just where you show your skills. The other show I did. After the the show was over, it was a gong show. Like uh, that was a winner. They made had a winner at the end of the night. The guy who did that owns a lot of clubs all over the UK. Uh, So if he liked you, he could 
give you paid gigs all over the UK. And there was also, I met a guy afterwards who said he ran the Nottingham Comedy Festival, which I didn't even know there was, but there's apparently a comedy festival in Nottingham, um, who didn't really like me either. But, so everything, it was just a horrible night, but the thing is, in one night I was seen by at least three important people in the industry, which in Denmark, people know who you are. And within the first year, if you're doing just okay, people will know who you are and you'll get your time eventually. Mm. You're almost, um, you almost deserve certain things. Like, oh, when is it my turn to do the open spot at the comedy club? Or when is it my turn to do the TV thing? Because you've been doing it for this amount of time. And yeah. even if you're not that good, even if you've been going for four years and you know we have those people in sweden yeah. they're not that good but they will get a chance to do really? the big clubs yeah uh, i don't if people i think that's where denmark seems more fair i think i think than, if people are sweden, not that yeah. good they won't but if people aren't that good at least when i started out people would make sure to tell them and the the the, the professional comedians would say you're doing this wrong you're doing that wrong you should do this and this and this instead or they would stop booking them for the open mics where here <laughs> yeah, people if they're bad they just keep going they just keep going for 10 on the years open and they mic. become bitter and they, they complain about uh why they're not doing paid gigs because they've been going for as long as the professionals <laughs> they, they started out with this person and this person but yeah. they've gone up i i I also, um, that's how I've perceived Denmark as well, that you guys, it's almost as if you, you're a group and you take care of each other right from the yeah. start. But in Sweden, it's more, well, you have some people coming down and saying like, oh, okay, yeah, uh, some people might give advice, but it's, it, it is a bit. It's it's the culture own, of them. It's yeah. I, we had, uh, who was that? Simon Estrup and Rasmus Olsen, two Danish comics, came to London and they saw an open mic at the Crying Duck Comedy Club, which is a, a brilliant club, I think. Uh, an open mic uh, show night. I don't know what it's called. Oh, anymore. the Crying Duck. Yeah, yes. Yeah, an open mic. Yeah. I think we can definitely make a shout out. We, l- we love you, Matthew. might only be... Matthew Conrad's listening. Oh. Uh, but and they horrendous. came and they saw the show and... Uh, and they were, I don't remember who it was, but they saw someone and they grabbed the person afterwards and said, oh, that's a, that joke is really good. You could do this and this and this. I think it was Candy. Oh. I think it was Candy. And they said, they gave her like an advice and there was just this icy silence. From her? Because in the UK, you do you don't not do that. Yeah. comment on other people's you say that was good or you don't say anything at all yeah and that's it you do not come that was what i did the first time i was here i saw joel Darmid, who's a tv comedian and i gave him a, <laughs> a tagline for a joke and he has not spoken to me since <laughs> you do not and i told peter i said oh well, well, why is he being like that why is joel Darmid being like that and peter said you did you do it did you give him something for you do not do that yeah that's in Denmark. That's all you do. And I, I when I yeah. go back to Denmark and people give me advice about my jokes, I can feel that I get a bit more offended. Yeah. Because I've been here for so long, and you just do not do that here. And that was brilliant to seeing Candy almost tell off a famous comedian from Denmark. From Denmark. Because <laughs> that's pretty much what it is here. You, you, you're nobody here. Yeah. Unless you've 
unless but you've it's not, I don't even think I don't think they even do it to each other. It's yeah. just so individual here because it's an individual battle, it's an individual career. Mm. You know, every man for for itself. You don't really push people. Like, we wouldn't really help each other because we're on the same level. So mm. if I help you get a spot, that would be a spot that I should have done. Exactly. And then we kind of help each other. Oh, it's your turn to be the the MC. And yeah. Come well, with me to this club and I'll get you in. Yeah, but that's not how it works here. No. It's every man for, for himself. For themselves. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, I love it though. Anyway. I I had, and we're about, it's like 51 minutes in, so I'm going to okay. end up, um, yesterday, this is, no, yeah, uh, Wednesday, I did Michael Cashew's and Matt Price's uh, storytelling gig in Camden, uh, Camden Head in Camden. And I was, it's a storytelling night, so it's not comedy. And I was shitting myself. I've never done that before. I've never done storytelling before. And I was so nervous. And the theme was shame. Mm. And I didn't know what I was going to talk about because I didn't know how it all worked. And I sat there and I was, I think I was almost as nervous as the first time I had to go on stage ever. I was shaking. And I went up and did it, and it went really well. Yeah. And I was shaking when I got off stage, and it was, and I could have cried, I could have wept, because it was such a, such an insane experience, and it was like performing for the first time. Ever. I remember, I remember my first time. It was, I was like, I had an adrenaline rush. Oh yeah, the storytelling. And no, yeah, oh, that also. But uh, the, the first time, oh. the first time I ever did stand up, I I went on stage. I did what I was gonna do, and they laughed, mm. and I was amazed by it. And then when I got off, I just had a blackout. I couldn't remember mm. what I did on stage, mm. and I had that rush with me that I went back to my hostel. Uh, I was living in Gothenburg at the time, but it was in Sweden. And I went back to my hostel and then slept and woke up in the middle of the night with tears in mm, my eyes. Wow. Because I because it was just like, not that I'd been, obviously it was some kind of reaction, my adrenaline reaction. Mm. Just, I just woke up with tears. Mm. And it wasn't that I was sad or anything. It was just, just a physical thing that happened. Mm. And yeah, isn't that amazing to experience that yeah. again, but and also I, terrifying. I don't think I could do it. We could, I couldn't have had the same experience in Denmark. I couldn't have... have because you know Denmark, you know the yeah, scene, the you same, know how to play it. People don't really take risks. Well, that's it's about to start now in Denmark. We had there's the first alternative comedy uh, uh, open mic has just started, which is amazing. There's now a political open mic, so things are happening now in Denmark. But yeah, the chances I did my first real MCing job last Monday as well, bombed completely. But that's and you and I did a, a poetry slam open mic uh, about a month ago. And every time it's been like a very new experience and I could feel how my balls are growing and just doing stories, stories, like I, I don't, well, there might be stories on nights in Denmark, I've never seen that, but here, that's, I, I that stories on night did more for me than 10 open mics would have. And I also, I, I was at a, because I've been learning how to play the cold rooms with no audience. Yeah, have you have you ever done a gig with no audience? Yes. Have you? Yes. I did my first no audience gig last Tuesday. Yeah. It was in you know yeah the big red bus gig. Yeah. Bob, Bob Walsh 
I've shown up, he said, there's no audience. I was going, oh, okay, well, about to go. And he was like, yeah, so let's do this. And I could not understand how it was possible. And it was in the backside of uh, uh, it was um, a truck. Yes. You call it that? A truck? Yeah, a truck. There's a stage inside of a truck and then a few benches with rooms with two people on every bench. And then we had to in- perform in front of each other. Other comedians who had seen you before and who knew there was knew no jokes. purpose of anything Doing that it. happened. But I still had the, this is a new place I'm performing. This is insane. What's happened? Like, this would never have happened in Denmark. We don't do a gig if there's if there's less than 10 people. It's almost as if we get spoiled. Because in Sweden, the open mics, even the worst open mics, have an audience. Yeah, and still better than... <laughs> better than anything. Yeah. And it's just, it's even... Not even if we have less than than ten, then we cancel the gig. I think. Yeah. I think But right, here, it's I've been learning to play to the small audience. I guess that's what I meant, like one or two people in the audience, mm. where you have to, because that becomes so awkward. Yeah. Because they're so aware of everything and they're aware of each other and themselves. Mm. How do you make them laugh? Yeah. What's the What's the the the. Uh, What when have what's the gig where you've done in front of the fewest people in total? Uh, two people. Um, I can't really remember. Well, yes, a few days ago when we went to the Polly B, Polly B's comedy no, club. No, that was no, but that was still eight people in the audience. No, there were. I think there were two or three, but the comics were pretty much up but, for it. Because I did, I did. Yeah, but that was still com- like I did. Mm. Uh, must have been a year ago. I did a female gig. <laughs> it was two women. I don't remember. I don't remember who. I think one of them might have been Susie Bennett. Was, oh. uh, and then there was another. I don't remember her name. Sajilia or something. Oh, Sajilia. It was me and yeah. those two women, and we were sitting on three chairs in a basement, and there was no audience. And then two people came. Two German tourists came in, and they said we sat in a circle. Two German tourists, and then the three of us, and then one by one we stood up with no microphone and just spoke in this circle. So there were so like a so you circle of four people. Where two of them were German tourists who had no idea what was going on. That's And fantastic. then the other two were two comics. Oh. And it was it was just like it wasn't a gig. Yeah. But that was wasn't. the weirdest where I thought this is that would never happen in Denmark. A weird gig was in last week when I did Danish Comedy Club your oh, your bacon. friend yeah Danish Bacon Comedy Club with Scott Merrington and Morten Sørensen and it was an awkward gig because the audience there were only four people or mm. they came a bit more but it was one of those gigs where they were just determined not to not determined not to laugh but they were just watching mm. and you know they were you could feel how uncomfortable they mm. were because because the room was so lit and mm. and uh well Scott wasn't very he's very low energy so he didn't really get them mm. going and and you could just feel how how they were just really nervous about and uncomfortable being there mm. and just being there out of niceness mm, almost yeah afraid to leave yeah afraid to leave and then it was like how do you play a room like that how do you make them feel comfortable yeah. and you have to you understand because in Sweden you would never play a room no, like that never You would just, you would be, yeah, you would either, um, cancel it. yeah, cancel yeah. it or, or you would just maybe not even go up. Yeah. Uh, and, and playing, doing that, I learned so much because I learned how aware of things they become and how you need to be the person, you need to be the comfortable part. 
of mm. the thing. You have to be the person who who makes them feel comfortable. Yeah. And so I went up and just should I, I I didn't even bother to be nervous, mm. if you understand what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like a waste of energy. And that's, the, that's a huge difference. And like, we, we've talked about it now and now. Mm. Uh, so just kind of to, to wrap it up, because uh, next week I'm going to Denmark. Ah, and I'm uh, still here. <laughs> I have, on, on Sunday, I have a final of a competition. Yeah, Laughing Horse. So I'm doing, it's like five or seven minutes in yeah. front of 400 people. Oh, but did you hear? Uh, there's a new no woman rule for the competition. Thank God, they should have more of those. Uh, so I'm doing that, and the next morning I'm going to Denmark, where I'm playing the the comedy club uh, for the first time ever, doing a, a 20 minute paid set, and I am terrified. Yeah, I am. Ex- I I feel sick. I'm probably gonna vomit. A lot. Do you feel like you're funnier in English than yeah, in Danish? Yeah, I'm. So, yeah, and also I've been performing in English every day for a year now, yeah. and I've performed maybe ten times in Danish in the last year. I'm not even sure I have twenty minutes of Danish yeah. material. I am so terrified. My delivery in Danish sucks now. I'm sure. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm so scared. Like I get, I'm sick now just thinking of it. But also because there's going to be a lot of Danish people. Yeah. Like a lot of Danish, of course, a lot of Danish comedians. And they terrify me the most. Because their, it's their be... judgment, which yeah. might not even exist. Because people don't care as much about me as I, as, I in, as they do in my head. <laughs> yeah. But I'm terrified of them watching me thinking, oh, she's not as good as she should be better now. Or she doesn't deserve to be here. It's just because she's a woman or something. Uh, I'm so terrified of having because I've booked all the shows I could find just to get this over with. I'm I have I'm doing twelve shows in in uh, seven days. thirteen thirteen shows in seven days. Open like some are open mic, some are, I mean I haven't booked an MCing spot, which is I should not oh, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> I can't even do it in English, which I should be better at. So I'm absolutely I'm absolutely terrified. I'm doing twelve Danish shows, uh, getting paid for what eight or nine of them, and the others are open mics, and I am so scared. And I will probably bomb at at least half of them. And I'm not sure my ego can take that right now. 20 minutes of bombing in front of 120 people. Wow. Getting paid to do it. That is horrible. I did that. Or I didn't do that. But I I, I had a gig where I was getting paid in Sweden. Um, in Sweden. I did it. It was a few weeks ago. And it was 20 minutes at a really good venue. Oh. A really good show getting good paid and and I was being the support for for the yeah. a really big Swedish comedian and I just went up there and I didn't it wasn't bombing but it wasn't mm. good I like I got the courtesy laughs but pretty much I yeah. kind of bombed That's even worse almost Yeah and it was because they're kind of sending exactly they're like oh haha haha oh, and I could just when I walked off stage I could just see the promoter she was like that was good. Oh. And and it was just and the other promoter, they were too the other one I couldn't even find after I'd performed. Oh, I assumed it was because she didn't want to look in my eyes and lie oh, to me. No. But, but that's it really was nice. Just like, that, that is a nice story to tell me right before I <laughs> I just wanted to relate. That's horrible. So so that's but, yeah. Uh but that but then I have another story where I did twenty minutes as well and it went wonderfully. Okay. And the difference was um at that other one 
I was nervous, but I when I came on stage, I just had fun. Yeah. Because I I was. It, that's such, that's the, the easiest advice to give. Because Mes Mes Han, yeah, I think yeah, me, he said true. the same. So just have fun. It's like fuck you, you can't just do that. Right now we've <laughs> we've, we've done uh, an hour and three minutes. Um, yeah. There's so much more I wanted to say, but it's better to keep this short. Yeah. Um, and leave you wanting more. So if anyone's actually listening to this, and anyone's actually listened all the way through this, this until this part, uh, thank you. <laughs> and if you've been listening to this because you hate us thank you still you've still been listening yeah and if you're listening to this because you like us call me <laughs> call and, us. and we promised ed hedges that we would talk about him because we did that mm. in the other one ed hedges we want to we want to have him he's uh, an open mic comedian and he's gonna be he's our guest wanna, he's gonna be our guest at some point yeah uh, alongside Amir Kutukushan. Amir Kushukan and Peter Baisley. We want Peter Baisley as well. Yes. Um, if we, if but this is the last episode, so it's gonna be. It's gonna real, be real difficult to, to have do guests that. on anyone else. Should they follow but, us on Twitter? Yeah, follow us on Twitter. <laughs> no one's listening to this, but uh, if you are, then thank you. And uh, what, like, crit- yeah, just say what you think. What's it? <laughs> This is like because usually when you hear pod- when you hear podcasts, you think just wrap it up. Yeah, just, just stop this. I just I don't want to stop know why, it. <laughs> now I know why it's so difficult. It's difficult um, to stop it. It's uh, so, yeah. But thank you for listening to this. Yeah. I mean, even what made by two women, even Oh, that's good wonderful. Get some, some misogyny in at the end. That's <laughs> brilliant. So I'm, I'm I'm in charge of the racism, and you can get the yeah. misogyny. It's two women talking. What did you expect? It's a perfect tagline. Should we just push the step button? Yeah. Oh wait, should we have some outro music? Wait. Are you gonna do this? Okay.